Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Thursday, October 21st, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, we got BTC at $66,001.40, up 2.67%. At number two, Ethereum, $4,162, up 7.33%. Binance Coin number three, $501.36, up 2.73%. At number four, $2.19 Cardano, and it's up 3.72%. At number five, Tether, 99 cents. XRP number six, $1.14, up 4.49%. Solana at number seven, $172.98, up 10.82%. Polkadot at number eight, $44.47, up 7.43%. Number nine, Dogecoin, 25 cents, up 4.02%. And last but not least, USD coin number 10, 99 cents. Let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So we got extreme greed at 82. Yesterday was greed at 75. Last week was greed at 70. And last month was neutral at 50. Let's take a look at our five articles today. Article number one is... Nayib Bukele responds to Steve Hankey sarcastically as Bitcoin price shoots. Article number two, Jack Dorsey nearly predicted which Bitcoin block would include all-time high. Article three, how can I make money from Bitcoin? Article four, untethered. It's time to get very worried about Tether, the stablecoin at the center of the crypto economy. And last, the main topic today is why it could become virtually impossible to dethrone ProShares Bitcoin ETF. So before we get into the articles, just want to say thank you so much to everyone that's been supporting me and helping me out grow this channel. Again, if you're in the podcast space, catch me on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And if you're in the YouTube space, you can please like, share, and subscribe to Dave's Daily Crypto Take on all social media and all channels. So again, thank you so much for all your support and I appreciate all the love. Let's get into it. Article number one is, Nayib Bukele responds to Steve Hankey sarcastically as Bitcoin price shoots. The price of Bitcoin has always been in a swinging motion that can surge or dip without notification. This confirms the volatile nature of cryptocurrency. El Salvador is one of the countries that has legally adopted BTC as legal tender. However, the first day of implementation of the law in September saw the price of BTC plummet. Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, reassured his people through Twitter that the country was buying the dip in the price of BTC. The same day, El Salvador increased its BTC holding with an extra 150 BTC coins. However, Steve Hankey, an applied economics professor at John Hopkins University, seems to have a different opinion. Hankey made a post on Twitter on September 23rd, tagging the El Salvador president to criticize him. Hankey tweeted that Nayib Bukele is tossing El Salvador's funds. He mentioned that while the price of BTC is going down, the president is telling his people about buying the dip. He concluded that as long as Bukele is at the helm, El Salvador will soon face a huge financial disaster. Was Hankey's prediction regarding Bitcoin real? 
Beyond the expectation of many, the price of Bitcoin didn't continue on the downward move. As the weeks rolled from September into October, the price of BTC made a considerably upward surge. So Bukele on October 15th retweeted Hanke's post on September 23. The president scoffed at the economist with his remark of, you were saying, question mark? For the past 24 hours, the price of BTC has been over $60,000. Putting forth his response the next day, Hanke affirmed that he maintained his statement of financial ruin for El Salvador. He asked Bukele if he had checked his country's bonds denominated in the dollar since September 7. Hanke mentioned that all 2023, 2025, and 2029 El Salvador's bonds are distressed. He added that both private and digital currencies are not new. He argued that the situation of crypto being the key to innovation is very minimal. Reacting to the issue on Saturday, Eric Voorhees, the founder of Shapeshift, gave an animated GIF response to Hanke's tweet. His GIF indicated moving goalposts. Another respondent said that Hanke is like one of those in the 19th century that were afraid of electricity. Before now, Hanke has declared several times that he was not a fan of Bitcoin and kicked against El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin in June. During the period of the adoption, Hanke expressed that it was completely a bad move for a Latin American nation to include Bitcoin as its legal tender. He argued that such a decision is capable of collapsing the country's economy. The Economist supports the creation of currency boards that utilize monetary authority in keeping up fixed exchange rates with foreign currencies. So what do you guys think about Nayib Bukele's response to Steve Hanke sarcastically as Bitcoin price shoots? He tweets, you are saying, question mark. Comment down below and let me know if you think that was a big stab between Nayib Bukele and Steve Hanke. All right, let's keep on going. Article number two is... Jack Dorsey nearly predicted which Bitcoin block would include all-time high. Douglas Adams, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, suggested the meaning of life was 42. So what's 705,742 all about? Jack Dorsey, part-time Twitter uh, CEO and full-time Bitcoin maximalist, cryptically tweeted yesterday, 705,742. Was it the salary of his med meditation guru, the number of hairs in his ever-expanding beard? Perhaps it was a butt tweet. But when Dorsey responded early this morning to his own tweet by commenting off by 117, it became clearish that the Twitter honcho was probably referring to Bitcoin block numbers. More specifically, Dorsey was predicting which block would include the new all-time high. The actual block, according to Dorsey, and half of crypto Twitter would be 705859 The all-time high price of Bitcoin is now $67,276.79. According to CoinGecko, as of last night, the record from April 14 of this year still stood $64,804.72. New blocks are added to Bitcoin about every 10 minutes, meaning Dorsey's apparent prediction missed by 1,170 minutes, or 19.5 hours. The actual time between blocks ended up being a few hours shorter thanks to a high hash rate. He thought all of this would happen yesterday, right after he first tweeted, in other words. Hopes for a record price were indeed high yesterday as BTC lurked just beneath the $65,000 mark. 
The first Bitcoin futures exchange traded fund from ProShares became available yesterday and registered nearly $1 billion in trades from traditional investors hungry for exposure to the asset. Of course, when the actual transition to a new high occurred depends on the source of truth one's use. CoinGecko, CoinMarketCap, Messari, Nomics, and others all have slightly different figures as they use different data and exchanges. As Decrypt noted last November, as Bitcoin was pushing past previous much lower highs, Masari's record features a caveat. The all-time high, quote, is not necessarily the absolute highest single trade price. Due to the nature of the historical data we analyze, we are not always able to look at every trade for an asset. For some assets, the all-time high quoted may refer to the all-time highest daily average or a price simple and sample on the day the all-time high occurred. And Dorsey, who has a history of posting provocative yet confounding tweets, wasn't specifying. Besides, as a Bitcoin believer, he should know better. One Bitcoin is always worth one Bitcoin. So there you guys have it. Jack Dorsey nearly predicted which Bitcoin block would include all-time high. Comment down below and let me know what you think. Do you think the all-time high of $67,000 is going to surpass by this weekend? Or do you think it's going to go back down into a bear market? All right. Let's keep on going. Article number three. How can I make money from Bitcoin? From Bitcoin mining to day trading, there's a load of ways to make money in crypto. Not all of them are worthwhile. You've been following this crypto stuff for some time now. But enough is enough. The ups and downs, confusing terminology, and new innovations, who needs them? It's time for the digits, the money chasing, the straight to the point, getting yourself an income boost through the mythical power that is crypto. Want to know more? Well, you're in luck. Here's a guide to turning your Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and Nanos into growth and cash. Just a warning though, some aren't easy, others aren't lucrative, and the rest aren't going to happen overnight. In the words of modern prophet Mike Skinner, a grand don't come for free. Let us break this down a little. Number one, cryptocurrency mining. You might have heard of Bitcoin mining as being a simple way of making money. You solve the cryptography-based puzzle the quickest and you are rewarded for your work in Bitcoin. Something from nothing, right? Well, not quite. It uses a lot of energy, which costs money. And if we're being honest, you'll need to shell out thousands of pounds for specialist equipment to do it. But there is some crypto that you can mine a little easier, such as the altcoin Monero. Though, again, given the amount of energy it takes to mine, it isn't really profitable. So if you're looking to earn from crypto, mining is probably the best shout for most people. Crypto staking. This is similar to Bitcoin mining, except it applies to blockchains that uses a proof of stake. POS, such as Ethereum, as opposed to proof-of-work POW, like Bitcoin. It's a lot less energy-intensive, but it relies on having a large percentage of coins for that particular cryptocurrency, so Ethereum is out of the question. There's a chance it will work with smaller coins such as Tezos, VeChain, and Neo, but given the low value of the coins, this isn't going to bring you the big bucks unless it goes up in value. Number three, day trading. This is a popular method of making money, and you may have heard of this one too, as it's also used with stocks and exchanging fiat currencies. The how-to is the same with cryptocurrencies. You buy cryptocurrency when you attempt to sell it for a profit. However, this isn't foolproof. 
Even with traditional stocks, there's enough volatility to make it risky business for those who don't know what they're doing. But on the flip side, volatility creates potential profit. Trading crypto is even greater risk given it's impossible to predict how a coin will perform one day to the next. Also, if you want to earn properly, you'll have to treat it like a full-time job, given you'll need to constantly check how well or bad a coin is performing to get the best buying and selling prices. That being said, people do make a living from trading. Four, working for a blockchain. There are many ways to do this. Tech-savvy ones include running master nodes, which is a computer that verifies blocks of transactions on the blockchain. There are others too, like completing microtasks that can work for people who aren't finance bros and software developers. A microtask can be something like marketing the coin or blockchain via a YouTube video or writing a review. They won't set you up for life, but it's for not the worst idea for a side hustle. For those wanting full commitment, there are also actual jobs at these places too, from blockchain development to PR. Buy and hodl. The clue is the name with this one. You'll do your research on which crypto coins you think you are going to go up in value, then you buy those coins and you hodl. With this is a little bit of a slow burner. It is a tried and tested method that doesn't require a huge amount of time or knowledge. Essentially, you're betting on whether, for example, Solana is going to increase in value over the next months, years, and even decades. Ideally, you want to be putting in a fair bit of research and you'll buy when the price has dropped a little, just for maximum profit, also known as buying the dip. But that's about it. The days where the coin crashes slightly aren't ideal, but the slow and steady increases over a long period of time will see you make profit is the hope. Let's look at this historically. If you bought 100 pounds of Bitcoin in February 2011, when it was worth a dollar, and you sat on it, you'd have 4.6 million pounds based on the price of Bitcoin at the time of writing. And that's without interest. So it can work very well over a long period of time, but it can also flop if you back the wrong coins. Moonshots are an example of this going very well. A moonshot is when you find a very small coin and it increases exponentially in value but this almost never happens. Other ways to earn money from crypto. The list of ways of potentially earning from crypto is pretty endless. If we're being pandemic, you could even ask to be paid for your job in crypto. Those in charge might say no. Within the crypto universe, yield farming is an emerging way to make money. It works a little like accumulating interest in a fiat currency bank as in a normal bank. The more clued up on the sector you get, the more likely you'll find an opportunity that lines up with what you're looking for. It's a rapidly expanding area. After all, just remember, it's also a relatively new industry and there are no guarantees of making money from it. Do your research and be responsible. So what do you guys think about how can I make money from this Bitcoin? Comment down below and let me know if you learned a few things from this article or if you have any other ideas of how to make money. Comment down below and let me know what you think. All right. Uh, before we get on to the next round of articles, just want to say thank you so much to everyone that's been helping me out and also listening to the podcast and watching the videos. I've been getting a lot of DMs and a lot of comments about some suggestions for the channel. So thank you so much. I know my channel is all about updates and news about cryptocurrency, and it's all unbiased. So there will be points and articles that are for crypto and against crypto. But I hope you do your own research and 
take these podcasts and videos with a little bit of idea and direction. And hopefully you can make a sound decision if you want to invest in crypto. Again, please like, share, and subscribe. It does help me out greatly. So again, thank you so much. And let's get back into it. Article number four, untethered. It's time to get very worried about Tether, the stable coin at the center of the crypto economy. So here, what we have is many things that are terrible for you in high doses are pretty fun in low ones. For example, I enjoy some light gambling or used to before the responsibilities of adulthood robbed me of the luxury. Two good things about gambling. It's social, at least if you do it in person, and you can drink alcohol while doing it. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't but you get time with fellow humans and an adrenaline rush and a story to tell later. As long as you're doing it with money, you can afford to lose and you know the risks involved, it's usually fine. One place where it looks increasingly not fine is the cryptocurrency industry, which Securities and Exchange Commission Chairman Gary Gensler has compared to betting in unlicensed, unregistered casinos. We've got a lot of casinos here in the Wild West, Gensler said in a chat last month with the Washington Post. And the poker chip is these stable coins. In this casino, the chips themselves might be just as risky as sitting down at the blackjack table. A stable coin is a digital currency whose value is directly linked to another asset, kind of like the dollar, under the gold standard. The value of a stable coin is supposed to remain constant. Such cryptocurrencies are useful because converting fiat money into an out of a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin can be slow and cumbersome. If you load up on stable coins, you're dealing in the coin of the realm and can make your transactions quickly. The most popular stable coin by a country mile is Tether. According to a recent study, 70% of Bitcoin trading is done in Tethers. On any given day, Tether is by far the most traded coin. Its volume often doubled that of Bitcoin. If you want to gamble at the crypto casino, you need tethers. Each tether or USDT is pegged at $1 and are approximately 69 billion tethers in circulation. A lot of informed industry observers and some US government officials seem to think they may be less than $69 billion of fiat cash underwriting all those tethers. Perhaps a lot less, but it's hard to know for sure. The company has never produced an audit, though earlier this year, Tether released an attestation from a Mary Islands firm that said the company has about 3% of its reserves in cash. Subsequent releases have claimed that the company has about 10% in cash and bank deposits, the Cayman Islands said. The reason that matters is that Tether is one of the primary engines driving the crypto economy enabling all kinds of transactions and arbitrage opportunities. Crypto prices are frequently listed in firms of tethers, which can be purchased on most major exchanges. It's a vehicle for everyday transactions and sophisticated high-frequency trading. Although Tether is pegged to $1, its value can fluctuate by a few cents across exchanges, allowing savvy traders to make quick profits by buying up discounted tethers and selling them for $1 elsewhere. It is also tremendously important in China's informal financial sector, facilitating capital flight out of the country. If Tether were to somehow collapse or face a major regulatory crackdown, market liquidity would likely dry up and a lot of people could lose a lot of money. 
already reporting and investigations into the company have accused executives of Tether Limited and its sister exchange Bitfinex of shuffling money between accounts to fool banks and regulators, as the Commodity Futures Trading Commission said last week in a settlement and losing hundreds of millions of dollars in various hacks and soured business deals, as the cryptocurrency press has relentlessly documented. Tether almost certainly faces a near-term uh, showdown with government authorities or criminal investigators. Last week, the CFTC reached a settlement with Tether, which included a $41 million fine. Bitfinex was also fined $1.5 million. According to the CFTC, Tether lied about its coin being fully backed by dollars. Among the behavior highlighted by the CFTC, Tether had at least 29 banking arrangements that were not documented through any agreement or contract. That's the second enforcement action against Tether this year, and there may be more to come. But strangely, many people in the crypto industry are entirely unconcerned about the growing storm, rationalizing Tether as too big to fail or as easily replaced, or simply dismissing the suspicions emanating from the company altogether. Let's run it through it. As the New York Attorney General's investigation found, Tether and Bitfinex have had repeated difficulties finding banks that will take their businesses. Tether is currently keeping some of its assets with Deltec, a bank in the Bahamas run by the creator of Inspector Gadget. The company's chief executive officer, Jean-Louis Van Der Velde, hasn't been seen in public in years, and day-to-day -day management reportedly falls to chief financial officer, Giancarlo De Vassini an Italian former plastic surgeon who was once linked to a software piracy ring. Adding to the surreal cast of players, one of Tether's co-founders is Brock Pierce, a former Mighty Ducks actor turned tech entrepreneur who sold his stake several years ago. The gambling anal analogy is worth sticking with, though a grenade might be a better metaphor. More on that later. Imagine if one company made the chips that were used at every casino. And if that company also shared ownership with one of the casinos, Bitfinex had investments in many of the other casinos and their offshoots, Tether makes periodic venture capital investments in crypto startups and conducted murky financial dealings with the rest of the industry, including dispensing loans collateralized with Bitcoin. Also, let's say that company concealed its casino ownership only revealed with the release of the Paradise Papers and was the target of multiple class action lawsuits, as well as, according to Bloomberg's reporting, a Department of Justice criminal investigation. The recent blockbuster investigation in Bloomberg Businessweek memorably described Tether as practically quilted out of red flags. The company has been compared to an unlicensed shadow bank and an offshore hedge fund. According to Bloomberg, the company is using its reserve assets to make various market bets and investments, details of which are mostly unknown. The coin's alleged use in manipulating the price of Bitcoin has been closely studied. One of the academics examining Tether has been advising federal agencies for years on cryptocurrency investigations. With its parent company, iFinex, uh, registered in the British Virgin Islands, Tether has a couple dozen employees scattered around the world, according to LinkedIn. Its general counsel, Stuart Hoganer, may be best known for having been the director of compliance for holding the company on an online poker site called Ultimate Bet that granted select insiders the ability to secretly see other players' cards, scamming unwitting players out of millions. 
Besides initially denying the relationship with Bitfinex, a suspicious omission potentially concealing conflicts of interest, Tether has obfuscated the composition of its asset reserves. Few banks appear willing to do business with Tether and Bitfinex, which lost $815 million that it had socked away with a Panamanian shadow bank called Crypto Capital Corp, which sounds like the villainous corporate entity in a MacGruber movie sequel. The two financial institutions didn't even have a written contract, according to the New York Attorney General. I wonder why. Based on this dim history, regulators and industry observers have repeatedly voiced concern that Tether's shaky financial footling could lead to the crypto equivalent of a bank run, potentially causing a cascade of market instability, not just in the crypto world, but in the mainstream regulated financial sector. Tether likely benefits from the fact that while its chips enter the crypto casino, they rarely leave. When an industry CEO recently asked why people don't seem to redeem tethers for dollars, Tether Chief Technology Officer Paolo Ardiono, the company's most vocal public representative, spun it as a positive. That's the beauty of having a super liquid stablecoin, tweeted Ordonio. You can go into USDT or off USDT anywhere. Also, this proves that for a whale that decides to sell USDT, there is one that will buy gladly those USDT. In other words, people don't redeem tethers, but instead take them to another exchange or trade them for other cryptocurrencies. And if they do want to unload them, a friendly whale, crypto speak for large currency holder, will come along and buy them out. On this website, Tether says that it doesn't process redemptions for less than $100,000 of tethers, leaving small-time traders in the cold. Individually, some of these warning signs might provoke concern. Together, they have helped elevate Tether to an object of industry fascination and endless speculation. On Twitter, rumors are rife that Tether is engaged in CD activity or has exposure to toxic Chinese corporate debt. The latter was confirmed in recent reporting by Bloomberg. Accusations that the company resembles a Ponzi scheme are thrown around casually. If the online investigators and crypto GAD uh, rifles are right, it would be the biggest in history, surpassing Bernie Madoff's $64.8 billion scam. Perhaps most important, officials in Washington are now concerned about Tether and the risk it poses. Over the summer, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen convened a meeting to discuss potential issues around Tether and other stable coins. In addition to the looming threat of regulatory action, the company's executives are reportedly being investigated for bank fraud, and the New York Attorney General stated earlier this year that Tether lied about the amount of dollars in its financial reserves, banned the company from doing business in New York State, and extracted an $18 million settlement. In a recent denial of a FOIA request, the SEC indicated it may be investigating Tether. On Twitter to the media and in defiant press releases, Tether has repeatedly denied that there are many financial issues surrounding the company. For example, it spun its recent settlement with CFTC as a positive stating. The CFTC order makes no finding of a violation after December 2018, which ignores the fact that Tether stopped violating its own reserve policy by simply changing the policy. This is the strange, shady, and confounding company at the heart of the crypto economy. But if you're willing to take on potentially tremendous risks, then perhaps the questions surrounding Tether don't matter. The sentiment is embodied in the title of a report by a small financial research firm. Tether USDT is possibly a scam, but it can remain valuable. 
Recently, a crypto trader who goes by the handle Tensai Capital offered a novel perspective on how industry insiders see the controversial stablecoin. The bottom line is that those of us who regulatory or regularly transact in Tether are not unaware of the questionable behavior and red flags associated with the company. The user tweeted, we have simply determined that the opportunity cost of avoiding Tether is higher than risk of being exposed to it. The question of whether Tether is a fraud then matters less than the questions that animate so much crypto trading. Can I make money from it? Is the gamble worth it? A prominent Tether critic who goes by the pseudonym Bitfinext defined Tether's profound risk by way of a vivid through thought experiment. I'm going to give you a grenade. And this grenade has a random timer, he said. It could be 30 seconds. It could be six months. I'm going to pull the pin. And for every 10 seconds you hold that grenade, I'm going to give you a thousand bucks in cash. How long are you going to hold the grenade for? This danger might be tolerable for some professional traders or large funds. They're not afraid to hold on to the grenade, but it means something else entirely for everyday investors who might be playing the market with money they can't afford to lose and under terms they don't understand. As Kenny Rogers sings, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. The problem is, in many areas of American life, the rules are different for the big fish, or they're mostly kept secret. In crypto, retail investors operate on totally different terms than the pro traders and well-connected insiders who enjoy tremendous asymmetries of information, relationships with industry executives, and the ability to quickly respond to changing market conditions. Should Tether collapse under the weight of regulation, criminal investigation, or a bank run, it would be a major blow to the crypto industry and to retail investors. Imagine if you were at a blackjack table and a dealer suddenly announced that your chips were worth 50% less or nothing at all. That probably wouldn't stop the whales and day traders from extracting their profits. They make money on volatility as much as price appreciation. For some, market disaster brings potential opportunity and Tether may just become another useful distressed asset. They would trade human beings, I guess, if they were allowed to, said Tim Swanson the head of market intelligence at blockchain firm Clearmatics. Swanson has written about the role of stablecoins in the crypto economy and thinks that the market would probably weather a tether crash. If you ever met some of these people, they just don't care what the ethical implications of trading are. I was never into betting on crypto for the same reason. I was never into online poker. There's no human interaction involved and drinking at my desk while watching numbers flicker by on a screen is not my thing. Apparently, other disagree. In one recent survey, 59% of Gen Z investors said they had made trades while drunk. I'm also not eager to gamble on things where I don't know the risks involved when I may be playing by different rules than others. For all of its talk about ensuring trust via strong code and decentralized authorities, the crypto industry remains, like many pockets of its mainstream finance counterpart, profoundly concentrated and often untrustworthy. For those who look past at all this and end up on losing and if this $2 trillion bubble pops, it might be catastrophic, especially as crypto exchanges increasingly resemble unlicensed banks, with some now encouraging users to directly deposit their paychecks into crypto. For the average investor gambler, is there a difference anymore? One would be advised to head and heed a popular saying in Vegas. Look around the poker table. 
If you can't spot the sucker, you're it. Wow, what a great article. Let me know and comment down below and let me know if you think that Tether is a scam. It's time to get very worried about Tether, the stablecoin at the center of the crypto economy. I know I've been thinking about this too, and I have my opinions about it. Uh, please share your opinions and let me know what you think about it. All right, let's take a look at our main topic for today. And it is called why it could become virtually impossible to dethrone ProShares Bitcoin ETF. So after almost a decade of rallying and anticipation, a Bitcoin linked ETF started trading on the New York Stock Exchange for the very first time. Even as the speculation in the past few weeks leading up to the launch has catapulted the cryptocurrency near a new all-time high, the ProShares BTC strategy ETF opened to a record-breaking first day in the market. The ETF with a ticker name, BITO, which is backed by Bitcoin futures, amassed over $1 billion in trading volume on its first day of trading. It has also ranked as the second biggest ETF debut of all time right behind BlackRock U.S. Carbon Transition Readiness ETF, which has the highest one-day influx yet at 1161134000 However, Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Baluchinas agreed that it was easily the biggest day one of any ETF in terms of natural volume which excludes inorganic and pre-planned investments on the first day that vanish later. He tweets, Biro, just about at $1 billion in total volume today, currency $993 million, but trade still trickling in. Easily the biggest day one of any ETF in terms of natural volume. It also traded more than 99.5% of all ETFs. It defeated DeFi our expectations. So he also said, if we don't exclude ETFs where their day one volume was literally one pre-planned giant investor of BYOA, not natural, it still ranks number two overall. Here's that list. The reason some of these shouldn't be included, in my opinion, is they don't really represent gas, grassroots interest. Either way, the first day of Bido was a real success in terms of trading as it closed at $41.94 with nearly 24 million shares traded, noting a 4.85% increase in its $40 opening price. Larry Carmack tweeted, the first Bitcoin ETF just painted a beautiful and very common FU pattern, also known as Burj Khalifa, welcome home. Baochunas also predicted that Bito's success could spell trouble for other upcoming BTC ETFs, as this could make it much harder for them to succeed if too much time passes between this launch and the next. Time is of essence, noted the analyst, adding that if an ETF gets crowned as the one and also has liquidity, it would become virtually impossible to dethrone it. Although another ETF is probably set to launch this week, the Valkyrie ETF, which Balichunas had earlier stated would be released on the same day as Biddle, might feature on the NYSE in the coming days, granting the ProShares ETF with its much required competition. He tweets, Valkyrie not going live tomorrow, likely looking to launch Wednesday or Thursday though, but we'll see. Anyway, Biddle will have the market to itself tomorrow. So what do you guys think about this? 
new thing about why it could become virtually impossible to dethrone ProShares Bitcoin ETF. I know Bitcoin ETF has been crazy in the past week since two days ago and yesterday, but now you see that Bitcoin has going been up. But what do you think about ETFs? Comment down below and let me know what you think. All right, let's take a look at the prices one last time before we get back into it. So uh, what we got is here, coin market cap, number one, BTC is at $65,019. Ethereum is at $4,196. Binance coin, $501. Cardano, $2.23. Tether, $0.99. Cents. Solana, $184, XRP, $1.15, Polkadot, $44, Dogecoin, $0.25, cents. and last but not least, USD coin, $0.99. Cents. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making it this far into the podcast and YouTube video. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Please like, share, and subscribe. Catch me on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And again, all the news that you hear from here is basically unbiased news. So you'll hear pro-cryptocurrency and anti-cryptocurrency. So again, please do your due diligence and do your own research. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great crypto day and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.